Good morning. Welcome to Deadly Days, Tales of Dark Fantasy. Uh, this is the fifth episode. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. But first, I'm going to uh, talk about, we did four episodes uh Two, episode, two of those episodes were quite long, over an hour long. And two of them were like around 20 minutes or something like that. Well, the whole idea of stories, there's short stories, longer stories, in the mid, middle-sized stories. Who knows what really is going to work? Uh but some of the stories that I'm going to be putting in uh, to as episodes are going to be coming from the Orchidean Garden magazine, which I publish and translate those stories. And they're obviously going to be a little bit shorter. And uh, Cocaine magazine, where they're going to be a little bit shorter too. Uh, they're going to fit in someplace. We're going to find find out. The other thing is, well, I, I've mentioned that I'm, we are going to have a lot of episodes with two of the greatest horror writers or dark fantasy writers uh, of the German language, Hans Heinz Evers and Karl Hans Strobel. However, we're going to be switching that out also. And what the plan is, my plan is I'm going to do a story by Hans Heinz Evers a story by Carl Hans Strobel, a story from the Orchidean Garden, and a story from Cocaine, and kind of circulate like that, so that there is a true mix of stories. So today we're going to be doing a story out of the Orchidean Garden. And it's going to be called The Dream by Rudolf Schneider. This is uh, the magazine, the cover of the magazine. But first, we'll just go through a few things here. Uh, you can see that you can go to the website and look at the books and magazines that I publish in case you're interested. That website will be www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash anarchist banjo, which is what I go by uh, online. Uh, my name is Joe Bandle. And that's pretty much everything that I was going to say. So, again, this is going to be 
one of the shorter stories. However, I, I do want to say Hans, Heinz Avers, and Carl Hans Strobel both have very short stories as well. So anyway, The Dream by Rudolf Schneider. I had been sleeping and disturbed by a torturous dream. At first, when I awoke, I only had the feeling of a great, infinitely great misfortune. But then I suddenly remembered the dream. I saw it with extraordinary vividness in front of me and have written it down just as I dreamed it. I thought about it constantly. No, no, that couldn't be. It could not be. It just, it was just too impossible. And then I thought, without much confidence, well, perhaps it might be. The dream went like this. Someone stepped up to me and said, Stand up and come with me. It is time. I obeyed immediately. I had no idea whatsoever why it was now time. But I had the feeling that everything was happening according to plan, by arrangement, so to say, and of necessity. My guide brought me in some unknown manner to some strange place. We had been there once before, and I didn't know what had happened then. Then I sensed something like a movement behind me. We were very quiet. But that didn't seem strange to me, and I thought nothing of it. The place in which we had arrived seemed bleak and desolate to me, also cold. I believed that I was even shivering. It was a type of countryside, comma, a stony meadow scattered with trees. But I couldn't see them clearly. Every time I tried to look at one, it disappeared completely in a most peculiar way, and that bothered me very much. I got a headache and became dizzy because of it. But there were people there, apparently lots of people. They were doing something that I didn't exactly recognize. Later I recognized it. My guide suddenly placed a bow and arrow in my hand and said, now shoot once with it at that person over there, just for fun. Try it once. You will probably not even hit him or only wound him a little. You can scarcely kill him because he is almost out of range and that would be very, very unlikely. I was so frightened that I could not bring myself to say anything, but my entire body trembled. What is wrong with you, continued my guide. Don't stand there like that. You're trembling so. Just try it once. It will be all right. Now look, everyone is doing it. Then he moved his hand in a circle. I followed his raised arm with my eyes, and suddenly I realized what these people were doing. They were shooting at each other all in a silent kind of way, 
and everything appeared completely calm. Very close to me stood a tall, well-dressed hare, who was aiming carefully at someone that was somewhat distant from him and cowering on the ground. The shape was that of a frow. I was as if paralyzed. Don't be so silly, said my guide. If you don't want to do it for fun, then I will tell you that it is necessary to do it at least once. The others have already believed this for a long time. So go on and try, finally. Or shoot at that child over there. Perhaps that would please you better. See, it doesn't have a single wound. You can be the first. Or that one over there that is already bleeding. He can barely stand up from being shot so many times. None of the wounds are really dangerous, but these many small wounds have brought it about. He will, he will soon be finished. And look, here lies one that is so very young. She is dead. But it's not been dead long. If we had come a little earlier, you could have seen the arrow that gave her peace. It was in her neck, right here, completely unintentional. It bled just a little. It was really completely unintentional. But she was almost finished even then. That little wound sufficed. Him, the one that shot her, wasn't thinking anything evil at all. He just did it. In any case, he didn't want to kill her, and it is entirely innocent. She shouldn't have even died. Guilty? No one is really guilty, at least so they all say, and they have believed it now for a long time. Life is guilty, they say. They are all very convinced and have their little sayings. It is the battle for existence, and that is life and destiny. It needs to be that way. But now, don't be so boring. Go ahead and shoot, just once. I heard all these things very plainly, and I also saw with painful clarity those things he spoke of. But it was as if something inside of me was speaking, and I strove in vain against those words, as if something had been exposed inside of me, revealed in its entire terrifying clarity. Yet I did not want to accept this clarity, which I now unavoidably saw, did not in the slightest want to accept it. I feared myself. The whole thing was too horrifying. Above all, the thing I feared the most was the fear I had of myself. Right then, even in the dream, I knew it most certainly. Never, I screamed, and my voice came out shaky and choking from my throat. Never, I will never shoot. Never. But even as I said these things out loud, a terrible doubt came over me. 
my guide observed me, and I saw what had been hidden from me until then. He was beautiful, so beautiful, tired and sad, so terribly sad, that I had to cry as well. I clasped my hands together and cried, even if I have to die. But, he said, they will still shoot at you. Think about that. Look over there behind you. I turned around quickly in terror. I saw a person behind me whom I knew well, knew so very well. He was so close to me, so closely bound to me. I saw every crease in the familiar face. His eyes were squinting together. His expression was evil, and the man was aiming at me. That was decidedly the worst moment, and in that moment I perceived that it was a dream within a dream, and completely grasped and understood it in a second. Now you know, spoke something inside of me. Listen, now you know everything forever, most certainly. You will never again be able to say that you didn't know. I staggered and put my hands to my face. My guide supported me and said very softly, as if fearful, in a voice that seemed far away, yet that again seemed to be coming from out of me. And you? And you? No, no, don't forget. Oh, never really forget. Then I awoke. That's the end of the story. And it's a pretty powerful story. That was actually the first story that I ever translated for Der Orchidean Garden. Uh, it really made me think a little bit, and this it gives an example of some of the literature that we're going to be exploring as we continue with these episodes. The next story, I don't know which one it is, but it will be coming from Cocaine, a magazine uh, that was published also in Germany in 1929, I think it was. I forget. Anyway, till next time. See you later.